0: Chapter 2. Bee Swarms and Anagrams On Friday morning, Remus woke early, feeling well-rested and energetic. He made a full pot of coffee and set his oats on the stove before opening the glass French doors to the outside porch from the kitchen. The cool morning air swept in, and Remus yawned into it. After checking that his oats needed more time on the stove, he flicked the burner to low and walked back into the library to check on Noodle. The room had previously been called an office or a spare bedroom, but after years of Hope and Lyle collecting used books, finding old rugs, and building a window seat, the room could only be described as a proper library. Remus himself had added plenty of books to the collection and built one of the smaller bookshelves in the center of the room. Having filled all of the walls, the trio had decided to build a book island in the middle of the room. But that was before Hope got sick. Sitting atop the bookcase Remus had built and painting a pastel blue was Noodle, sleeping in her terrarium. The snake was, as Remus had said, very sweet and docile, especially so on a cold morning. She was curled up under her heat lamp. Remus picked her up gently and set her loosely round his neck. As he walked back to the kitchen, she slowly slithered under his sweater, searching for warmth. Remus ate breakfast outside, oatmeal with fresh berries and a hot mug of coffee. He ate slowly with his non dominant arm since Noodle had tucked herself under his sweater on his right shoulder. Remus was looking forward to the afternoon, especially because James and Sirius were set to arrive at 2. Keeping busy until then may prove to be a challenge, but cleaning the house never failed as a means of passing the time. When the landline phone rang seconds before Remus turned on the vacuum, he immediately thought of Sirius. When he answered, though, he was only slightly disappointed to hear his neighbor's voice. Oh, hello, Minnie. How are you? He recovered. Just fine, my dear. Just fine. How are your bees doing this morning? Minnie was a sweet elderly woman who lived alone, minus multiple cats, and she welcomed the strays, and was Remus's nearest neighbor on the farm. Although near was a bit of a stretch since everything was so spread out in the farm country, she was about a five-minute walk or a one-minute drive away. She had never married, but had lived with a dear friend and roommate for decades before she succumbed to cancer. Remus thought that this friend must have been more of a lover, but he wasn't about to push Minerva to tell such details. She had said before, however, about his sexuality that she was so happy how things had changed since she was young. They had a nice relationship, and Remus secretly thought of her as the grandmother he never got to meet. She had been especially present in his life when he was first going through the loss of his parents. After updating each other on their lives the past week since they had visited, Remus again asked why she was calling. She tended to ramble a bit, and while Remus was happy to chat with her, he feared that she had called to tell him of an emergency, but was too polite to bring it up without proper instructions. He imagined her standing by the old rotary phone in her kitchen, happily chatting away while the room was engulfed in flames. Oh, that's right, dear. I called because my smoke alarm has a low battery. It's been beeping about once every five minutes and I have the new battery all ready to go. But I seem to remember a certain young man telling me that I was not to climb any ladders while home alone. Remus smiled at the memory. He had indeed told her that six months ago, after she had called to ask for advice on changing the bulb in her dining room light fixture, he had rushed over and changed it for her. I'll be right over, Minnie. I don't have anything scheduled until the afternoon. Remus wiped away any shoe marks from the dining chair that he had used to change the battery, before sliding it neatly against the table. He subtly checked his phone. Sirius and James were still hours away, but that didn't stop him from counting down the minutes. Are you expecting a call on your mobile, dear? Minerva asked. His phone checking must not have been as subtle as he thought. Remus shook his head. I just have some visitors at two, so I wanted to make sure they haven't cancelled or anything. Oh, that's nice. Is it another school group, then? No, actually, it's kind of interesting. These two men about my age they are kind of ridiculous, but one of them is afraid of bees and wants to get over his fear before his baby is born. His voice must have reflected some of the fondness for them because Minerva's eyes lit up. It's always wonderful to make friends, my dear, at any age. Remus was finishing up the construction of a few bee boxes when he heard the familiar sound of gravel crunching under the tires of a car. He had been sitting on the front porch as he worked. The boxes he built for his bees came in the standard sizes, and he had to glue the pieces, slide them into place, and finally nail the ends. Some beekeepers skipped the wood glue, but Remus had been taught to build them this way by his dad and had diligently followed his advice ever since. He stacked the finished boxes in a staggered pattern and left them to dry so that they could be painted tomorrow. A few of his hives were getting ready to split and swarm and he wanted to have the extra boxes on hand to hopefully catch them in time. Remus wiped the last bit of glue from his hands before rising to meet his guests. From the look of it, they had been passionately arguing about something. When James opened his door, Remus caught the tail end of Sirius's sentence. Why would you pretend to not know what an egg is? Jeez. He drew the last word out in exasperation. Remus laughed. James stepped forward to do the half handshake, half hug thing that men sometimes do, and Remus did his best to copy it. When Sirius got out of the car, Remus initiated the same handshake hug with Sirius before asking, What was that word you just said? I didn't quite catch it. Sirius looked confused. Uh James and I were talking about eggs? Remus nodded. That's the word? What does egg mean exactly? He tried to keep a straight face as James cfawed from behind him. No, not you two, Sirius whined. Remus invited them inside to the house and they sat on the same bar stools at the kitchen island as last time. After grabbing two glasses from the cupboard, Remus offered his guests water he himself finished off the last of his afternoon iced coffee, which had been neglectfully allowed to melt on the countertop where it had been left earlier. All righty, Remus began, today we're gonna see some bees. Any questions before we get started? I thought we would suit up and then just start slow. Stand outside for a minute, get used to the feeling of being near bees, all while being safe and protected by the suit. He directed the last part of his statement at James, who paused mid-sip at the mention of being near bees. James smiled bravely. "'Nope, I think I'm ready.' "'But is your blood sugar ready?' Sirius challenged before slapping a crinkled-looking granola bar on the counter. Presumably it had been in his pocket. James looked at it suspiciously before Sirius picked it up to unwrap it. "'Eat it. I'm taking care of you this time.' "'Fine.' James said, before snatching it out of Sirius' hand. Remus smiled at the display of friendship. Moments later, they were zipping on the white bee suits and getting ready to go outside. Remus smiled as they stepped out and looked over the hives. The boxes were loosely arranged by color, but there were too many of them to neatly order. Some were two or three boxes high with a lid on top, signifying a larger hive. Others only consisted of one box, The light green and light turquoise hives were especially active at the moment, both three boxes high, and Remus made a note to steer James away from those first. He also made a note to check if they were getting ready to split later. A few bees flew past their veiled faces. Sirius put a comforting gloved hand on James's shoulder and squeezed lightly. "'Okay, this is kind of cool,' James announced quietly. "'Scary as fuck, but also kind of cool.'" They can't sting us through the suit, right? He asked for the tenth time. Nope, you're totally safe. Remus answered, really? He pointed at James's protective clothing. Aside from the full-body bee suit and veil, he was wearing long gloves, rubber banded down on his forearms, large wool socks tucked into his pant legs. Sirius only looked slightly less bubble-wrapped, with long gloves sans rubber bands and no wool socks. Instead, he had tucked the bottom of his pant legs down into his shoes, which only highlighted Remus's slight height advantage. Remus was dressed less conservatively. He had a white bee jacket and hooded veil on, but just blue jeans covering his lower half, and he brought gloves but had merely tucked them in his back pocket. Let's get a closer look, yeah? Sirius prompted. Together, they took a few steps forwards. Remus decided to start a running commentary since he had found that hearing about a subject was a good distraction from getting overwhelmed by the experience of seeing it firsthand. Each color of box is a different hive of bees with its own queen and everything. Some of the boxes are bigger because some of the hives are bigger. Hives will grow over time as bees accumulate more resources. Eventually, when a hive gets large enough, a new queen bee will emerge, and she will leave, along with half of the hive, to find a new place to set up shop. You might have seen swarms of bees before. They're essentially all looking for a new home, all while protecting their queen. One time, we were driving by a park and we saw a cloud of bees float by. Was that what that was? James was terrified, Sirius said. Oh, shut it. They were very intimidating. You were scared too, James said. They are definitely a little spooky looking, Remus offered. Although, there's nothing to be afraid of, since they aren't very dangerous. They will have just fed, meaning they're less likely to sting, and they don't have a nest to protect at the moment. Sirius nodded in interest. They had now reached the nearest hive, one of the light purple ones, and it was only one box tall. James started laughing, and Remus turned to make sure he was okay. A bee had landed on his veil, right in front of his face. You okay, mate? Sirius asked. James kept laughing. I am. This is so surreal because it feels so scary. And also they can't actually hurt me, so I'm just kind of here. And the bee is here? And it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Remus smiled. Looks like you're getting more comfortable then. Let's take a look inside the hive. He cracked open the lid and motioned the two men closer. They each let out noises of astonishment and Sirius walked right up to the box while James stayed a few steps back. This is so cool, oh my god! Sirius stressed, how many bees are in there? Each hive has one queen, a few hundred drones, and tens of thousands of workers, Remus answered. He coaxed a bee onto his bare finger. This one right here is a drone. You can tell because he's a bit larger than the workers, and his eyes are larger and closer together. His sole purpose is mating with the queen, so he has to have large eyes. Sounds a lot like James's sole purpose, Sirius joked. Hey, if you were a drone bee, your sole purpose would be mating with all the other drone bees, James retorted. Remus' eyebrows peaked minutely. If his guess about Sirius' sexuality was correct, he was interested, but he also tried not to think about it. Right now, these men were visitors to his farm, and he would be happy to eventually become friends with them. Nothing more. Sirius muttered something in response, but then said audibly as James joined them to peer into the hive. Oh, looks like you're getting over your fear. I think so, James answered. Okay, let me show you something really cool, Remus said. I'm going to pull out one of these frames and we can see the honeycomb pattern that the bees have built with beeswax. He picked up a metal tool and eased it into the groove between the two frames and wiggled it. Setting it back down, he reached in and lifted at the sides. Wait, don't you need gloves for this? I feel like you should be wearing gloves for this, James said. Remus laughed. I could, it definitely wouldn't be a bad idea, but I'm comfortable with these bees and I don't think they're going to sting me. As long as I'm gentle with the frame and don't squish anybody while I'm moving it, I should be fine. He pulled the frame out all the way and showed off the hexagonal cells made of wax. Remus pointed to the various cells and explained which ones were storing honey, which ones were housing brood, or baby bees. After looking at a few more hives and beekeeper tools, James said that he felt like his fear had been conquered. Remus snapped a few photos of him next to the open hives, since Sirius's phone was covered by his suit, and they started to walk back to the back porch. Just then, Remus noticed some activity in the lower branches of a maple tree on his property. "'Oh, a perfect example,' he announced. "'This is a bee swarm, probably from one of my hives. It seems like they're taking a pit stop on this tree branch, although it doesn't look like a great nest-building site. I could catch it and put them in a new box if you guys want to see it.' "'What would that entail?' James asked hesitantly. Basically, I would shake the branch and let the bees fall into a cardboard box. A lot of bees would be flying a boat, trying to defend their queen. You may not want to be nearby, James, but you could watch. Even from inside, if you preferred, since the kitchen window is right there, he offered. Remus didn't need to catch this swarm. If the men preferred to leave it, he could let it go. But it was a good learning opportunity if they were interested. Yeah, all right. I'll watch from inside, though. If it's gonna be cool, can I video it? James asked. Okay, cool, Remus smiled. Sirius? Um, they can't sting through the suit, right? Nope. Uh, Then I'm in. Great, Remus said. He grabbed an empty cardboard box from the porch, one of the ones that had his phone number and warning live bees written all over it, and inserted a few empty bee frames inside. He also picked up one of the spray bottles filled with sugar water. He handed the box to Sirius and put his gloves on as they walked over to the swarm. Once James had gone inside, Remus explained more about the process. Basically, it's going to be like bee Armageddon. Clouds of bees are going to fly around and they may cover your veil, but you're pretty much safe. Pretty much? Sirius asked, looking suspicious. Remus shrugged slightly. Okay, so they can sting through the suit, but only if it's pressed right up against your skin. So like, if it's pinched up at your elbow and a bee gets right there, she could sting you. But since the stinger has to go through the cloth first, it would pop right out if you shifted the suit a bit. The reason the honeybee stinger detaches is because it's designed to slowly pump venom in. If you remove it right away, you'll barely notice the sting. "'Well, you're the expert,' Sirius said with a tentative smile. Minutes later, they were ready. "'All right, here we go,' Remus said." Sirius had sprayed some sugar water on the swarm and the bees were reacting to it, further condensing into a big, dark, amorphous shape on the branch. Remus was standing slightly to the side, both gloved hands wrapped around the branch. Sirius was standing directly underneath the mass of bees, holding the box up. Ready? he said. Ready, Sirius answered. Remus shook the branch and heard a satisfying whoom as the majority of the bees from the branch landed in the cardboard box. After a few more shakes, all of the remaining bees had either fallen into the box, or were swarming Sirius and Remus in a giant cloud. The noise of the buzzing bees encompassed Remus's senses again, and he felt the paradoxically soothing burst of adrenaline. "'You good?' he asked Sirius. A muffled, "'Yeah, I think so,' came from behind Sirius's veil. It was largely covered in bees, presumably angry about their sudden relocation." Remus started brushing bees off Sirius's suit and his own into the box before fitting the lid on. "'Okay, I think we got most of them,' Remus announced as he took the box out of Sirius's hands. He set it on the ground and propped up the slight opening in the bottom. Any stragglers would smell their queen and find their way inside, hopefully. As Remus stood back up, brush in hand, Sirius let out a little yelp. "'Ow! I think I just got stung, maybe? Left elbow?' Remus looked over and saw a bee currently stuck to his bee suit, which was taut against his elbow. He brushed the bee off and pulled at the suit a bit. Yeah, I think she just managed to sting you, but the stinger is definitely out now, so it shouldn't be too bad. You okay? Yeah, fine. Thank you. The man locked eyes, only partially obscured by the few bees still on Sirius's veil. You did great, Remus praised. First time, but well done. You didn't panic at all. I was a little scared, Sirius confessed with a grin. But also, that was the coolest experience ever. Like, they're swarming around you and you can't even see out of the mask. And then suddenly the buzzing is all you can hear and it just becomes sort of, I don't know, peaceful? Yes. Remus emphasized, that's exactly how I feel. I love the adrenaline rush, and then afterwards, I always feel so calm. That's why I love working with bees so much. He smiled with the satisfying feeling of not only sharing knowledge with others, but with connecting with another person, Sirius, about a shared experience. One that he also appreciated for the same reasons Remus did. That was awesome, Sirius said softer, almost to himself. It was. Remus agreed, now let's get these bees off you and you can take this suit off. Cheeky, Sirius teased, and Remus blushed stupidly. He busied himself with brushing off any remaining bees from Sirius's suit before spinning and asking Sirius if he himself had any hitchhikers. Once they removed their suits and joined James inside, it was later than either of them had realized. Sirius quickly relayed his excitement to James about the successful capture, and James encouraged his friend by showing the videos and pictures he had taken of the event. "'Okay, now I'm starving,' Sirius said suddenly. "'I should have kept that granola bar I gave you earlier.' Remus hesitated for a second before deciding to speak up. "'Would you like to stay here for dinner? I don't have anything fancy, but I could make pasta.' He hoped he wasn't being too forward with the two men. He wanted to maintain whatever new friendship he had just formed with them, and he hoped they felt the same. Here's a better idea. Why don't you join us for dinner, Remus? Lily and I were texting while you guys were outside, and we have all the ingredients ready for a pizza night, James said. Yeah, join us, Sirius said, looking expectantly at Remus. I'd I'd love to, Remus said, echoing himself from last time but let me bring a bottle of wine. Remus stepped up to the door of James and Lily's house about ten minutes after Sirius and James arrived. They drove separate, since Remus would be leaving to come back to the farm, and he didn't want to make someone drive him home at the end of the night if they carpooled. He had taken advantage of the extra time to clean up a bit as well. Changing out of the blue jeans and shirt that smelled like smoke from his bee smoker, he put on a pair of clean, dark jeans an untucked sage-green button-down shirt, and simple black boots. He shifted his host and hostess gifts into one hand in order to knock. A bottle of red wine was brought as promised, but he had remembered Lily's pregnancy moments before locking his front door, and he had grabbed a jar of honey and a few more of the interesting flavored herbal tea bags he had been looking forward to trying. If Lily couldn't drink alcohol, hopefully she'd be interested in one of the other options he could provide. To Remus's surprise, Sirius was the one who answered the door. He wore the same clothes as earlier with an added leather jacket that Remus reasoned must have been in the car, but he had pulled his hair away from his face with a few small braids. The whole look was very alluring to Remus. Remus realized he was staring at the same moment he realized Sirius was looking at him up and down. Blushing, he blurted out the only thing he could come up with, "'Long time no see,' Sirius snapped out of whatever days he had been in and stepped aside to usher Remus in. He put a hand on Remus's shoulder and walked him towards the large kitchen. The house decor was a surprisingly pleasant clash of cultures. Warm color tapestries and ornately carved wooden pieces that Remus assumed were from James's culture, mixed with a lighter beachy vibe with shells and macrame mirrors, presumably from Lily. As they entered the kitchen, a large and bright room painted yellow, Remus saw James first grating a large ball of mozzarella, well, completely covered in flour, and then Lily, a visibly pregnant redhead, rolling out pizza dough onto the counter. Remus is here, Sirius announced. Lily smiled at him and introduced herself, and Remus sincerely told her that her home was wonderful. When James looked up and echoed Sirius from earlier, only louder, "'Remus is here!' he shouted excitedly. James wrapped Remus into a tight hug, then pulled back to look at what he had brought. And he brought wine! Remus guessed that James had already had a glass or three. "'And?' Remus said hastily, looking at Lily. "'I brought some fun herbal teas to try and some honey from the farm as well. I thought we could make some fun pregnant-friendly drinks as well.' "'I like him already!' Lily declared and nudged James out of the way to hug him as well. What can I do to help? Remus asked Lily. It already smells amazing, by the way. You can open that bottle of wine and you can try to keep these two out of trouble. Lord knows I can't do it on my own. Remus laughed and accepted the offered glass and corkscrew. They fell into an easy rhythm of preparing toppings while Lily prepared the dough, all while the banter Remus saw between James and Sirius earlier returned in full force to include Lily. After Lily caught Sirius trying to clip a clothespin to the back of her apron, they teamed up to secretly clip twelve clothespins and two paper clips to the back of James's shirt. Lily silently moved Sirius' wine glass to a new location every time he looked away, and recruited Remus' help to hide it on one of the higher shelves. The funniest prank for Remus to observe was when Sirius and James worked like a well-oiled machine to swap out the baking sheet sitting on the counter that Lily was about to stretch a pizza dough onto with an identical baking sheet that had been waiting in the freezer. When Lily picked up the cold metal, she immediately yelped and jumped back, dropping it. She quickly rounded on the culprits. "'You absolute asses!' she accused, then dissolved into laughter. "'I think my brain told me that it was the wrong temperature, but it thought too cold was just as dangerous as too hot, and I was afraid it had been put in the oven or something!' She reasoned and shook her head at the others in the kitchen. The pizza was delicious, and Remus enjoyed talking to Lily while they ate. They stood around the kitchen counter and ate each pizza as it came out of the oven, and Remus found that he enjoyed the casualness of it all. Remus learned that the redhead was a registered nurse, and was just as snarky as he was, with sarcastic comments muttered both under her breath for his benefit, and out loud alike. The pair discovered that they shared a soft spot for feel-good Christmas movies, and both loved Jane Austen novels. Their conversation ended when James dropped a piece of pizza onto his favorite shirt and Lily pulled away to dab at it with a wet paper towel. The couple giggled at each other and eventually pulled in for a chaste kiss. Ugh, Sirius shuddered, turning to Remus. Let's go get another glass of wine. They're only going to get worse. Trust me. Remus dully realized he had already had quite a bit of wine, but he liked the warm feeling in his chest and Sirius's smile close in front of him only made it warmer. He nodded and took Sirius's hand as they walked towards the bottle. Remus loved being in this group of friends, he realized, and dropped Sirius's hand with a start. Maybe there could be something more there, but for now, at least, Remus wanted to be part of this group and enjoy this feeling of family more than he wanted to risk rejection or hurt from a botched relationship. Are you having fun? Sirius asked Remus quietly. "'Yes, definitely,' Remus answered honestly. "'You guys are so great. I haven't properly hung out with friends in years.' He realized he had overshared when Sirius's eyebrows knitted together in concern. "'What do you mean you haven't hung out with friends? You're an awesome person, you know,' Remus swallowed. "'Well, thanks.' But don't worry, it's just that the last few years have been really weird. Remus tried to be vague, but sincere. I'm real glad to be here right now, though, honestly. Sirius seemed to accept that response and squeezed his shoulder again before the night carried on. Lily turned to Remus, having finished cleaning the front of James's shirt. Remus, you have to be honest. These clowns said they were very good with the bees and that Sirius even helped you with some extra trapping while James was inside. Is that true? Yes, Remus said fondly at James and Sirius. They were great. I think James got over his fear because he seemed totally at ease standing right in front of the open hives, even when I was pulling out frames or handfuls of bees. Lily, Sirius started, it was the coolest thing in the world. I held this cardboard box up above my head, and Remus shook this tree branch, and thousands of bees fell into the box, and the ones that didn't were swarming around me and trying to attack me, and I couldn't see because they were blocking my mask, but I stayed calm even though my bloodstream was like 70% adrenaline at least, and I also got stung through the suit, but Remus helped me take the stinger out, and it was such a unique experience. James visibly paled as Sirius's description went on, and Lily and Remus quietly laughed. Remus taking the stinger out was the unique experience, or were the bees swarming you? Which one, champ? Lily said, raising a clear water glass to only partly cover her smug smile. Both, Sirius answered confidently. I couldn't have caught the swarm by myself, so it was awesome that Sirius was willing to try it, and he did great, Remus said, pointedly ignoring Lily's eyebrow wagging. After dinner, Lily brought out a worn-looking box containing Scrabble and brought it to the coffee table with a funny little dance. James protested with a groan. No, I'm too tipsy for a hard game like Scrabble. Tipsy? Sirius laughed. Babe, you're properly sloshed. It's okay, Lily assured. There's four of us, so we'll do teams of two. I call Remus because I'm sure he's going to be better than you two. Remus had stopped drinking a while ago in preparation for driving home, and the brain game seemed to hasten his sobriety. Soon enough, he and Lily were both drinking herbal tea with honey, and turning James and Sirius's monosyllabic words like cat and run into cataclysmic and truncating. When they eventually ran out of tiles, Lily and Remus mercifully agreed to swap teams for the second round. This was how Remus found himself and Sirius sharing the floor, across from Lily and an increasingly tired looking James on the couch. So, what's our strategy? Sirius whispered, his full body turned toward Remus, his hand lightly on his back. Our strategy? Remus asked. He matched Sirius's conspiratorial tone and pose, now with his hand gripping Sirius's bicep. We win by encouraging James to play as many words without Lily's advice as possible. Sirius grinned and turned to the board, but left his arm against Remus's. "'So, Lily,' Remus began, as James was concentrating on arranging their seven tiles on their wooden block. He seemed to be pushing around the same group of three, and Remus hoped he would play them. "'I understand I might be able to help you out with one of your fears.' "'James, put that down!' Lily snapped, preventing the anticipated three-letter word. "'And Remus, I understand you're trying to sabotage my game over there.' Remus tried to feign innocence, but he couldn't hold in his laughter when James indignantly gestured to himself, in shock at being considered anything other than a valued asset to his team. Lily dumped all seven of her tiles onto the board with a flourish, then arranged them to spell aerosol, gaining a huge amount of points for a first turn. And yes, I am afraid of snakes, she added at the end. Well, I have a rosy boa, which is one of the slowest and safest species of snakes." and she is very calm around humans. Her name is Noodle, and she's adorable. Maybe you could see her, or hold her, to try to get over your fear? Remus offered, and then said, Wait, no, Sirius. As Sirius triumphantly built off the A in aerosol to spell can. You enable my drunk teammate, I'll enable yours, Lily challenged. Many turns later, the game became more casual as the conversation flowed over the tiles. Remus learned about how Lily and James met and how she had apparently been on three different lunch and coffee dates with James before realizing that they were dates, having thought the whole time that he was already in a relationship with Sirius based on how much he talked about him. James told a funny story of moving into his freshman year dorm to find Sirius had already moved in, who hadn't realized he would be sharing a room with a roommate. They didn't speak to each other for a few hours at first, but then somehow managed to become as close as brothers. "'Wait, if you two met in freshman year, but you're still a student, "'does that mean you took time off from school? "'Are you going back for a different degree now?' Remus asked Sirius. Sirius grimaced. "'Oh, if we're getting into this story, then I think we could all use a refill.' "'Want me to grab the bottle?' he asked James and Remus. "'I think I should hold off if I'm going to drive home tonight,' Remus replied. "'Oh, don't be ridiculous, Remus.' Lily's voice sounded from the couch cushions where she was reclining, half asleep. "'You're spending the night. We have guest rooms for a reason.'" Remus smiled at both the propriety on the surface of the offer and the implications of friendship beneath it. He really liked this group, and he was glad they were welcoming him into it. "'Okay, I'll stay. Thank you.'" "'Great, then I'm getting that bottle.'" Sirius stood and walked to the kitchen. When he returned, he poured normal-sized glasses for Remus himself and then a very small amount for James, which Lily gave a subtle thumbs up for. When I started college, I was 18, like James and Lily. James and I became best friends that year, and then sophomore year, we became close with Lily as well. Sirius paused to take a sip of wine. Remus picked up his Scrabble tile for something to do with his hands, but was fairly certain the game was over for the night. I did not really like pre-law, but ever since I was a kid, I had been told that my path was to become a lawyer and join the family firm. My dear old parents were paying for my degree and housing those first two years. When my dear old cousin Bella sent them pictures of myself kissing another man in a club, they were not pleased. His face formed a smile, but his eyes stayed cold. Overnight, they froze anything of mine they could access. They withdrew the spring tuition that they had previously paid for. They gave my landlord notice that I would be moving out in three days. They even called to cancel my Wi-Fi, which honestly, psychotic. Remus's eyebrows lifted in disbelief. I think they even canceled my phone plan because it was off the next morning, but they reactivated it when they realized they couldn't call me. They called and offered an ultimatum. Get engaged to a woman, mind you or get formally disowned. I told them to fuck themselves, and haven't seen them since. Sirius raised his glass and clinked Remus's with another humorless smile and drained it. James's parents helped me stay on my feet for the next year. They were lifesavers, really. But after a while of working and settling into a life of more freedom and more responsibility, I petitioned to re-enroll in the college, but with a new major in early child education. I am much better off now. He smiled genuinely. Wow, that's... Remus tried to think of what to say. He was sure Sirius had already been told by plenty of people how unfortunate his predicament was, or how hard it must have been to go through. You don't have to say anything, Sirius said quietly. But now you know why I'm 24 and still in college. No, it's... Remus started again. You should be proud of yourself. You're pursuing your own dream. And you're succeeding at it? Sirius looked impressed. Thank you. That that means a lot. Remus looked up to take stock of the room. Lily looked asleep, having propped her head on one couch pillow, with the remaining ones stacked up and around her belly. James looked halfway asleep and half still drunk, but was arranging tiles into inappropriate words. Come on, Sirius said, and he stood up and offered his hand to Remus. I'll get you set up in one of the guest rooms. I know where all the sheets and towels are. I practically live here myself. Ah, oh, thanks, mate, James said through a yawn. I'm gonna carry Lily up to bed in just a moment. Think I just need to shut my eyes here for a second first. Remus tidied up the table a bit and carried the empty glasses and bottle to the kitchen. When he came back, Sirius was tucking a large blanket around the now-asleep couple on the couch and taking off James's glasses. A few minutes later, Remus was standing alone with Sirius in a guest bedroom, pulling sheets onto a bed together. Remus liked the domesticity of the scene, almost as much as the wine still buzzing in his head, like watching Sirius' shirt ride up as he reached for a folded pillowcase out of the hall closet. Alright, let me know if you need anything. I'll be in that room across the way. James will probably make a huge breakfast tomorrow. If you don't like waking up early, you should shut your door. Sirius handed Remus a small stack of towels with fresh toiletries on top. He's gonna be waking up early, Remus said incredulously. I'm a bit of a morning person, but are you sure he isn't gonna be completely hungover? Sirius shook his head with faint admiration. James in the morning has the energy of a baby deer, no matter how much he drank the night before. A bit scary, actually. They both laughed and Remus shuffled on his feet a bit. Well... Good night, Sirius. Thanks for everything. Good night, Remus, Sirius returned. I'm glad you're here. Me too. I feel pretty lucky to be here with you three. Sirius smiled, clapped him on the shoulder, and turned to his own bedroom. Remus woke the next morning feeling well-rested and calm. He smelled coffee brewing in the kitchen and heard quiet talking. He had slept in the faded college t-shirt Sirius had offered him last night, presumably belonging to James. After brushing his teeth and pulling on his jeans, he padded out into the rest of the house. "'Good morning, Remus!' James shouted as he entered the kitchen. True to Sirius's word, James looked bright-eyed and alert, no traces from last night's alcohol showing as he manned a stove supporting pans for eggs and bacon and pancakes. Sirius looked a bit less energetic, but hopped up from his barstool to pour Remus a cup of coffee. How'd you sleep? Sirius asked, and he held up the sugar and milk, silently offering them to Remus. I slept well, thanks, Remus answered before shaking his head and taking the coffee plain. Good morning, beekeeper, Lily said as she padded into the kitchen, wearing fuzzy slippers and wrapped in the large blanket that Sirius had placed on them last night. How do you like your pancakes? I already put jam and syrup on the table, but I was thinking about adding that honey you brought last night. Oh, yeah, that'd be good, Remus confirmed. He grabbed a few plates and carried them to the table Lily had already placed the condiments and silverware on. As he set them down, Lily returned with the jar of honey, as well as mustard and pickles. When Remus raised his eyebrows at her, she narrowed her eyes. I'm pregnant. I get to eat weird things if I want. (laughs) Fair enough, Remus laughed. As they settled into breakfast, Remus couldn't help the feeling of lightness in his chest. He hadn't realized how much he needed this type of friendship in his life until it was finally in front of him. He had only known these people for a short time, but was certain they were all very special people, and he was glad to be part of their lives. Seemingly echoing his thoughts, James spoke up. Remus, I'm really glad you're here. I liked you at the farm, but I think I like you even better when we're not surrounded by bees. Lily agreed. James, do you have your phone? Someone needs to get Remus's number and make a group chat. Oh. That reminds me, Remus said, I took pictures of James all suited up standing next to the hives yesterday. I'll put those in the chat. Perfect, Sirius said. I'll get them printed on mugs and send them to your parents, Jamie. After giving his phone number to James, the conversation flowed steadily. Sirius eventually asked about how Remus ended up becoming a beekeeper and all alone on a big farm. Um, uh, my dad kept bees all his life he answered. My mom did too, but she operated more of the business side of things, like setting up the school visits and hosting events. The farm started off as more a self-sustaining system, but once the beekeeping side of things became enough, we stopped minding the other animals and sold most of the agriculture lots. I got into beekeeping pretty young and I've been doing it ever since. My, uh, he stopped to take a sip of coffee. My parents died in the last couple of years, so I've been running it on my own for a while. I moved back in to help out when my mom got sick, and and I've been there ever since. A beat of silence hung over the table and Remus reached for his coffee mug again, just to give himself something to do. Well, Lily started, I'm sorry that you lost your parents. She reached over the table to squeeze his forearm. Thanks, Remus said with a sad smile. After another beat of silence, he switched the topic to Sirius's classes. He didn't like to talk about hard subjects any longer than necessary. After another hour of fun conversation, an impromptu karaoke party, while cleaning the kitchen, and many hugs and promises of future time spent together, Remus started up his truck again. He didn't have to think hard before selecting the first CD in the Changer on track 3. Hosier's song Jackie and Wilson played through the speakers. He hummed along feeling content as he made his way back to the farm.